What if bridges could talk to you? What would they say? Is it possible to 3D print a heart? These are the types of questions that Carnegie Mellon engineering researchers are answering, testing, and applying to the real world. This podcast series will bring them all together. So Tyler, to start us off, how would you rate the current state of cybersecurity? I mean, you look at something like browsers, people are spending, you know, millions of dollars to secure these. And then you look at smart lights and Fitbit trackers or I mean, all these like weird things that have just as much personal information, but they're just trying to ship them out the door as quick as possible. And they don't have the time for actual security engineering. That's Tyler Nicewander. He's a CMU engineering alum, and he's talking about the Internet of Things, which poses huge security risks for its users. Now, when Tyler was at CMU, he worked with engineering professor David Brumley on software security. Brumley argues that since so many security bugs exist in thousands of computer programs, we need systems that can automatically find and fix those. So Brumley and two of his students co-founded a startup named For All Secure, for whom Tyler now works, aimed at bringing this vision to a reality. For All Secure's expertise in this field has landed them a finalist spot in next month's Cyber Grand Challenge, a hacking contest between computers and computers alone, the first ever of its kind. The challenge, which is hosted by the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, otherwise known as DARPA, is bringing automated hacking to the national spotlight. So I recently sat down with Tyler and two of For All Secure's co-founders at their offices here in Pittsburgh. Here's that interview, starting with co-founder Thanasis Avgirnos. For All Secure is a startup, first of all. We've been around for uh, three years. We have a shared vision, and it's basically to make the world software safer. We want to make uh, software safe by building better tools, both in terms of analyzing them, finding vulnerabilities uh, before the bad guys do, and also hardening them so that uh, we can block vulnerabilities before they even happen. The other part of actually what Full Secure is working on is uh, security training through gamification. You guys do a lot of work around these online Caps the Flag competitions, or CTFs as I know a lot of people call them. So can you describe kind of the idea behind those? So the basic idea is to try to take a bunch of people and give them new problems that no one's ever seen before and have them try to solve these new security challenges, actually do attacks. So, you know, actually exploit software and patch software in a very kind of high stress and real world environment. And your goal is to, you know, get access to a system and pull a flag off of it to show that you've actually gotten into it. That's cool. So would you say that the Cyber Grand Challenge is a CTF for computers? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically the, the entire kind of dream from, from DARPA has been see how much you can automate CTFs. Uh, CTFs are really the top minds, or at least some of the top hackers in this area. And seeing what they can do is really impressive. And if you can have a computer go in and be even remotely competitive with these top humans, that's a, I mean, that's a huge deal for a lot of people. So why, why should people want hacking to be automated? So I'm Alex. I'm one of the founders of 4Secure. 
one of the reasons is that finding people that are good at it is extremely challenging. There's few of them. So having a system that does it automatically allows you to have fewer people to handle the same amount of load. Um, also, a system that can look at many, many binaries but concurrently, you'll be able to process more data very quickly. Um, you might be able to react in, in you know, the realm of minutes, while probably with humans, you know, you would have hours, if not days. So it sounds like computers provide the scale and the speed. How does the human component play a role? Humans have completely different powers of abstraction for now. A simple hard-coded algorithm cannot compete currently with humans. People, for instance, were extremely annoyed when the first calculator came out because, you know, why should we be calculating, you know, addition faster than humans? And then um, why should you be able to add, you know, two numbers so quickly? Like, uh, are you in a way tipping, you know, the scales? Like, shouldn't, shouldn't the, the cleverest brain that can add two numbers the fastest, you know, be the, the way to distinguish people? You know, I, I think that's a really cool analogy. What calculators did to math, you guys are kind of doing with... I mean, it's, it's an oversimplification, but also people were annoyed with chess, for instance. Like, uh, I was personally annoyed when the first chess engine defeated Kasparov. And, like, because that's the, the, the first reaction. Like, if you think about it, wh why are you annoyed? You just solved the problem that you could just not have. Can you guys describe, at least on a very basic level, how your system goes in, finds vulnerabilities, automatically generates an exploit, and then patches its own vulnerability? Generally, we've architected our system to have a lot of independent components. So we have you know, components that look for bugs, components that try to convert bugs into exploits, components that try to take bugs and our binaries and then patch them, and things like that. So everything's kind of working somewhat independently, almost like you know you have different people with different jobs um, and they all have their own roles and they you know talk to each other and say, hey, I found this and then it'll go, okay, like let me let me quickly try to see if I can exploit that bug and do something useful. Um, and then at the same time we have to patch it, otherwise someone might exploit us. And so we just all these things just keep talking to each other and that's roughly how it works. <coughs> It's so interesting to hear about how all of these different components, which in real life it would be actual people assigned to these roles, working together, communicating, etc. Can you give me a sense for how fast all of this works? I know you mentioned earlier that it would take humans days or weeks to do uh, what a computer could do in minutes, but do you have specific numbers? We did the qualification round last summer for this competition, and it was a 24-hour event we were able to crash around 80 binaries in 24 hours. Most of those were found in like the first hour. So it's something like, you know, you found 30 in an hour and then it kind of trickled off and came more slowly after that. That still seems remarkable. At its current rate, it's not going to be surpassing, you know, one expert working really hard on one program. It just doesn't have the ability to find a lot of the complex and like nuanced bugs. But when you have kind of the easier bugs, I mean, just the time it would take for someone to load up the program and start looking around, it can already solve like 10 different of these easy challenges. And so it'll do the easy things super fast. I mean, again, like crashing several programs a minute, whereas a human just, I mean, just moving like your mouse and trying to click on a computer, you're just not going to be able to process that much information. 
For All Secure is one of only seven finalist teams in the DARPA Cyber Grand Challenge, which will hold its final event on August 4th at 5 p.m. in the Paris Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada. Nearly 5,000 spectators are expected to attend, and the winner will take home $2 million in prize money. Best of luck to For All Secure. This podcast has been brought to you by Carnegie Mellon's College of Engineering. I'm Daniel Tachik.